As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Follow up, follow up, follow up. You can get leads, you can make offers, but if you don't have some kind of system for following up when an initial offer isn't accepted, you're just missing out on so many deals. Best ever listeners, do you want to make more money on your real estate projects? Well, I'm guessing that I'm hearing you say, oh yeah, baby. Well, guess what, my friends? Today's best ever sponsor, Fun That Flip, is working with well one of our previous best ever guests who has the most po- one of the most popular episodes, Jay Scott. If you aren't familiar with this episode, then go check that out, episode 217. If you are, because you're a loyal best ever listener, then you know that he knows how the heck to both analyze deals, especially flips, how to optimize the profits on those flips, and how to look at the market. Because of that, Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has worked with him and put together a guide that is the seven tips to increase your real estate profits in today's market. Go check that out. Go get that guide. I've read through it myself. I've learned a lot of things from it, from how to analyze the market cycles, as well as how to optimize profits and not lose money or mitigate your risk for losing money on your deals. Go check it out. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. You're going to learn the tools to better understand your local market and position your business for success. You're going to know how to analyze the real estate cycle and how to use short-term investing to capitalize on the market cycle and seven concrete actionable tips to make more money on your deals. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We've interviewed Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, many others. We don't get into the fluffy stuff. We cut that out and we only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. With us today, we've got a couple Actually, their branding is seen throughout as being a couple. Their branding and their company is Spouses Flipping Houses. Really excited to have Doug and Andrea Von Susit join us. How are you doing, Doug and Andrea? Great. Well. How are you? I'm doing well, too. And 
make sure I pronounce your last name correctly. How did I do on that one? <laughs> well, you might have got a C. Because uh, <laughs> I know you two are exchanging glances like, oh, man, he didn't get the last name. <laughs> well, I tried to spell it phonetically before we got going. Pr- pronounce your last name for the best ever listeners. It's Van Soost. Van Soost. Yes, I added a little bit extra syllable on top of it. So Van Soost. All right, cool. Well, you two, really grateful that you're joining us. And best ever listeners, a little bit about Doug and Andrea. They are the founders of Spouses Flipping Houses and the Spouses Flipping Houses podcast. Wonderful podcast. They've built up to $8.5 million rental portfolio of over 57 doors all across Southern California. They've done over 300 deals in the past eight years. They've been busy. They're experienced. They're actively doing it. They have a business that does over 60 deals a year and consists of wholesaling, fix and flip, as well as buy and hold, which adds to that $8.5 million rental portfolio. They're based in sunny San Diego, California, and you can say hi to them, learn more about their company, as well as get a pretty cool guide on how to analyze a deal like an appraiser at spousesflippinghouses.com. With that being said, you two want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? I would say we started kind of like a lot of people with that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. A really good friend of ours gave us that book and it was so eye-opening because we had gone to college. Both of us were partial business majors (laughs) and had never, ever even thought about the concept that we could have our money work for us and we didn't have to trade our time for money. So we read that book. It was eye-opening and we were inspired towards real estate at that time, but it just felt like something so far out of our reach. So we went for kind of the entrepreneur route first. And we moved out to Colorado and we started this kettle corn business. And even with that, other people were going for the farmer's markets and Yeah, typical carny stuff that you yeah. did. <laughs> and we went straight for the top. We went to the Denver Bronco Stadium and said, let us sell our kettle corn here and several other sporting venues and built that up to a place where we were able to sell that. And really that was what kind of allowed us to get into real estate. We sold that business. We bought a fourplex in Albuquerque and kind of waited as the market prices went up and up and up and sold that at the right time. It was kind of just dumb luck. And then we held on to that money and just waited and waited. And we got into real estate at that time, moved back to California. Doug became an appraiser. I became a realtor and started studying interior design. And right when we saw that bubble burst, we jumped in and started buying flip properties. Yep. Mm, So many questions. (laughs) Before we dig into real estate specifics, I want to ask about this kettle corn business just because this ties into real estate because it's a very entrepreneurial venture. How did you get your kettle corn into the Denver Broncos stadium? We called them up and we, asked them. Yeah. We, you know, it happened did they, not have, year, did they, they were, not have popcorn already? Well, they were building a new stadium that year. This was 2000, 2001. Okay. And along with the new stadium came a whole new company that kind of managed the concessions. It was like a clean slate. And they just kind of opened applications to local business as well as large franchise corporations. We went in, we met with them, we applied to put together a business plan with pictures and our vision for what it would look like there at the stadium. We had a buddy of ours that was an architect draft up what our booth would look like and everything. Yeah. And they yeah. had their own popcorn, their own just regular buttered popcorn, but they didn't have any kettle corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Interesting. Uh, they, they liked us. And so we got that contract, which was huge for us. When you sold it, how much was the profit on an annual basis for the company? We're doing... a. About six figures, maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. yeah. in, in popcorn. And that might actually, that might have been just the Denver Bronco profit alone. 
it's been so many years ago now, but it was yeah. over six figures for sure for popcorn for, hey, for, and for yeah, a couple for of kids right out of college. People. It was pretty exciting. Yeah. And from start to finish, how long was that venture for you? Just under two years. Yeah. It was like a, a year and 11 months, I believe. Okay. Interesting. Awesome. Well, that helps myself and the best ever listeners understand a little bit about how you're able to achieve the success in that venture, because I suspect there are similar characteristics for what you're doing now in real estate. And another question I have on just you two partnering up. I mean, you partnered up after college. You're partnering up now. Doug's an appraiser. Andrea, you're a realtor. What has been a challenge of being married and working together? (laughs) (laughs) One challenge or the many challenges. There's certainly (laughs) dynamics that have to be talked through. Um, Uh I think for us, it was just kind of figuring out like maybe our best seat on the bus, if you will, like where we feel our passions fall and actually incorporating that into the role we have in our business. Yeah, I would say we definitely had more struggles before we kind of defined our roles and realized, oh, you're good at that. You do that. I'll stay out of your way and Mm -hmm. let you do what you're good at and you let me do what I'm good at. And it's been a pretty smooth ride since then. There's bumps along the way for sure, you know, because we're married. Yeah, We've got more issues than just the business, but and we're two people have opinions. So just like any business partners, we may not agree hundred percent on everything, but it helps that we love each other <laughs> and that we both love this business too. So that really helps. I ask because I just published my first book and my girlfriend and fingers crossed, hopefully soon to be fiance. She was going to be editing a lot of the book. And I realized once we got into maybe like chapter two, that we just weren't jiving really well in that capacity because I wanted it to be done in 24 hours and she's got a full-time job. And mm-hmm. I remember being at our house and thinking, oh man, is she going to be watching TV with me or is she going to be doing this book all night? Because that's what <laughs> I really want. And so the line is certainly blurred. And that's why I was curious about on that point, how do you define, okay, it's work time and it's family time or relationship time? That line is always blurred. Yeah. Just that's just the reality of it. But we try, you know, when I pick up the kids from school at about three o'clock, for me, the business day is pretty much done. I might check emails here and there a little bit. And yeah, when we sit down for dinner, we put the cell phones off and we are engaged with the family. So we do take a pretty serious look that our time with the family, our time together, that's precious. Mm-hmm. And we're not gonna let the business creep in too much on that to where we're gonna regret it down the line. All right, yeah, our kids are definitely the reason that we're doing all this. And so we right. don't want to sacrifice our relationship with them for any part of this business. Exactly. Yeah. So we're constantly reminding ourselves of that. Like, you know, this is the reason we're doing this. This summer has been one of the best summers ever. We've taken so many vacations and, and so much just time making memories together while our business continued to run. So that's just really important to keep in mind why you're doing this business. So you don't squash the thing that's really important to you. Yeah, we actually wrote a little ebook about it. It's just a simple little like our 11 best tips for working together with your spouse. Because honestly, people ask us more about how do we work together than how have we been successful (laughs) in real estate. And so we decided to sit down and kind of write down what has helped us. And Mm -hmm. we kind of came up with 11 things and put those on paper. Well, I see that ebook on your website. So best of listeners, you can just go to spousesflippinghouses.com and then there's a free ebook tab. You can go click that and grab the ebook. Let's transition to the business now. You've got $8.5 million rental portfolio of over 57 doors in Southern California. 
what property makes up the most number of doors and how many is that? Well, the majority are single family homes here in Southern California. And we have uh, a few triplexes and duplexes in there. So the total number of units, if you will, doors was up to 57. And so what property you mean? Is there a single property? Well, that makes- you answered it. It okay. was the largest you have is a triplex, correct? Right. Yeah, I'd say okay. the highest value of one single property would be somewhere around uh, 450000 Okay, probably. and it's three units. Let's talk about the first one. No, let's not talk about the first one. Let's talk about the last one. How did you finance the last one? What were the numbers? Well, the same the way we financed one. most of them. Yeah, we started buying rentals in 2009. And if you can rewind to that time, here we are, house flippers for a living. And to try to get any kind of conventional financing, bank loans or anything like that, it just wasn't going to happen. It was not available to us. No matter what our real income was, we didn't fit in that box of a good borrower. So we were fortunate enough, there's a local company here called the Norris Group. Uh, and Bruce Norris is a, a local Southern California investor and, and a trainer. Highly respect him. He came up with a loan program for people like us, for investors who wanted to buy and hold rentals and had no other means of financing. So we utilized that program. We're so grateful for it because we probably got 20 to, to 30 of the properties with these quote-unquote long-term loans from the Norris Group. Yeah, and it, it is hard money, so it's higher rates. But at that time, prices were so low, it still made sense. Everything still cash flowed. Yeah, absolutely. So the last one, I think actually we just bought it in cash, <laughs> the very last deal that we had. But the one before that, well, I think we still used a Norris Group loan on it. Okay. Well, let's talk about the last one, and then we'll go back to the one before that with the Norris Group. What are the numbers on the last one? The last one is a home that's in a 55 and over community here. It's like a senior home, and it actually had a Section 8 tenant in the home that had been there for three or four years already and was paying. And the property is worth about ninety to ninety-five thousand when it's fixed up, and I think we picked it up for forty-seven cash. It does need a little work, but the guy is in there, continuing to live today. Still wanted to stay, and I think his rent is around seven fifty a month. So that was the last deal we did. How much is it going to cost to get it to where you want it to be? Not a lot. It's mostly interior, so probably about uh, twelve to fifteen thousand would give it all new flooring, paint, appliances, the whole thing. That would be if we were going to list it on the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But you got a renter, so you're just going to ride it out. Right. Yeah, because nothing's, I mean, it's functional. Nothing's broken. It's not like there's anything in the house that has to be repaired right just now. It just will need updating when, you know, when he moves out or eventually if he stays long enough, we'll need to, to upgrade it. Where's this property? It's in Hemet, California. It's about 20 miles from where we live. Now, the property before that, where you got the Norris Group financing, what were the numbers on that and what type of terms did you get with financing? Uh, the property before that was in a, a community called Sun City, California here, which is about 10 miles from us. And that one also had a tenant in it. I believe we bought it. Uh, I didn't review, but I'm pretty sure we purchased the home for 105000 It's worth about one sixty if we were to retail it on the market. It's rented for nine ninety five. And I believe we got a Norris Group loan for $100,000 on that property. Okay. And what are the terms of the loan? Currently, it's a 6.9% interest only. And I think he does it for three years. Our plan with most of these Norris loans, and we've already done this with one pool of about 10 properties, is to refinance them into kind of a commercial loan Mm -hmm. with a lower rate that's fixed for a longer term. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, they're not a forever loan. But the nice thing about all the rental properties we purchased 
is that there's multiple exit strategies you could do. They all have equity, so we could sell them if need be. Uh, we're working, like Andrea said, on refinancing chunks of them at a time currently into more longer fixed rate loans that are paying down. And we're also paying off as many as we can as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. In that case, you're able to put in less than 5% down to get the purchase of a $105,000 property because you borrowed about 100 And your goal is to consolidate a portfolio of these as you go and put into a long-term commercial loan and then pay it off at that time through the fix and flip proceeds that you have on the homes that you're doing and the wholesaling proceeds? Right, exactly. Correct. Okay, cool. All right. What's a challenge that you've come across, if any, when you were doing the consolidation into a commercial loan that perhaps you weren't expecting? The time it takes to get one of these loans done. It was like a full-time job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, capable. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. so that, that was a little unexpected. I knew it was going to be difficult, but not this difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's every 30 days we're having to update all the rental numbers. They want copies of everything, every check that came in, rent check, just everything. So it was just a lot of documentation and patience on our part to get it done. So that was a little bit unexpected. Yeah, we're thankful that it actually went through because we know people that have gone ahead and paid for appraisals on 10, 15 properties, assuming that the loan is going to work out and it didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow. Where did you get the mortgage from? This was from a company, I believe they're called First Key Lending. They're sort of a portfolio lender that had a product geared for people like us, you know, kind of mom and pop investors with rental homes. There was lots of other sort of commercial loans out there, but... We kind of wanted something that was 30-year fixed. We didn't yes. want the five-year balloon. We didn't want, you know, not, there's certainly a place for those loans. But we wanted the 30-year fixed because we're trying to pick and choose properties we want to keep for a long time. So they were one of, one of the only ones that we found that could offer that. But we're actually still looking. So if anyone knows of any good <laughs> uh, portfolio lenders out there, we're, we're still looking for uh, more options there. And why are you still looking if they have the, the 30-year that you were seeking? We're looking for maybe a little better interest rate. I think we got it at 6.5%. Okay. So I think we can get something a little bit better. It's hard to say because we've only done one chunk of portfolio loan with them. So the process was, was difficult. So I'm hoping <laughs> there's maybe a little more streamlined <laughs> yeah. lender out there or just other options that we can kind of compare to it. Okay. I also assume, but correct me if I'm wrong, if it, the 30-year fixed was just a sigh of relief after having this higher interest rate with a three-year balloon payment. Now you can just set it up and forget about it and perhaps optimize later with someone else. But at least you've got that 30-year fixed on a chunk of your properties. Definitely was a sigh of relief. And the nice thing with that loan, I will give them a plug. I mean, we can still pay off properties that are there without penalty. Mm. Um, it is pretty nice. There are some little restrictions that you'll have to pay down you know, a certain amount of principal when you pay off a home, but we were okay with that. So it worked pretty well. Well, from your business overall, what are all the different revenue streams that you have? Flip houses, number one. That's our biggest profit. We have our rental portfolio, which even with a lot of the hard money loans, it still cash flows quite a bit every month. And we also wholesale properties. We actually wholesale the majority of the deals that come across our desk today, we wholesale. So I guess those are our three streams of income currently. Yeah, it wasn't always that way. We, we used to focus primarily on fix and flips. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of realized the value of wholesaling. Yes. And that's been a little bit more of our focus this year. If I did single family homes, my focus would be on wholesaling too, because there's very little risk. 
and the time that you take to make the amount of money, I think is much better from a return standpoint than the fix and flip. I think you make bigger dollars in fix and flip, but just from a pure velocity standpoint, I'm a huge fan of wholesaling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fix and flip is fun too, but there's just so much more potential for headaches along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, exactly, exactly. You've got an amazing brand. You've got a polished website. You've got a free ebook. You've got a lead generation page on your homepage of your website. You've got a podcast. You mentioned your three revenue streams, fixing and flipping, which is one, rental portfolio, wholesale. Why focus so much on branding? We, you want to answer that? <laughs> we, we don't really have a great answer for that just yet. <laughs> You know, we credit a lot of what got us into this business to podcasts. I mean, that is listening to podcasts in 2005 is sort of what projected us to kind of get into real estate investing. I've always loved the format. We continue to listen to five to 10 real estate investing podcasts regularly all the time. And it's just such a great medium for learning. And so we, one, we wanted to kind of contribute to that space and kind of give back and we thought, you know, it may open up opportunities for us down the road. And sure enough, in fact, I just got an email yesterday from just a listener that says, hey, I need to move. Do you want to buy my house? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's that's not the primary goal, but what is? Uh, we're not really sure. Yeah. What is the primary goal if that's not, if lead generation isn't? You know, we are entrepreneurs and you get to a point where it's like, okay, we've flipped a lot of houses and we've done a lot of wholesales. What else is there? Mm -hmm. And this is kind of fun. It's just a fun new thing. We have other ideas that haven't come to fruition yet, but we're kind of working on those things that we think could be a benefit to other investors maybe someday. So we're kind of working on some stuff, but nothing really to speak of just yet. (laughs) (laughs) Doug and Andrea, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Our best advice would be follow up follow up, follow up. You can get leads, you can make offers, but if you don't have some kind of system for following up when an initial offer isn't accepted, you're just missing out on so many deals. I think last time we took inventory, about 30% of our deals last year came from extended follow-up that we do in our business. What's your system? Do you have a software program? It's a compilation of three or four software programs, to be honest, but it includes email follow-ups that are automated, voicemails that go out on a periodic basis. It includes direct mail that goes out on a periodic basis, as well as text messages. If we make an offer to somebody, it's rejected for whatever reason, and they didn't sell to somebody else, Mm -hmm. they stay in our system, and over the next 14 months, they're going to hear from us about 35 times. And what software do you use? You said a a couple of ones, so what are they? Podio is our main CRM. So it integrates with CallLoop. We use CallLoop for some text messaging and voice sending. We use AWeber for our email responses, and then we just use Click2Mail for simple postcard sending. Okay, cool. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I think so. (laughs) All right, first a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're looking for home business strategies and how to have a successful one, then go to adamcoaches.com. That's adamcoaches.com. Adam is a previous best ever guest, episode number 76. He's a police officer, he's also a wholesaler, and he's got a successful home business. Go to adamcoaches.com and check it out. Best ever book you two have read? You know, we love a couple of books, but our favorite book is a book, it's not even real estate, it's called Love Does by Bob Goff. If you want to be inspired, go read that book. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? Honestly, when we moved back to Southern California, we had just sold our business, moved back, no jobs, no health insurance, 
we hadn't planned on having kids for years down the road and surprise we're pregnant and obviously that's a joyous occasion but it really made us like buckle down and focus and that was most definitely the best um, and what what'd you learn experience. what'd you learn from it we learned that sort of when your back's against the wall you just got to dig yourself out and we just hustled at that point that's when I actually ended up getting two or three part-time jobs at that time just to start making some money went and got the appraiser's license started doing that Andre got her real estate license it sort of projected us forward at that point as we kind of focused in on what needed to be done <laughs> Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal we've done, I say, was one we did recently. And it was a, a great profit. It wasn't the highest profit deal we've ever done, but it was a really good profit. But it was the best because it just went so smooth. And it was right in our backyard. We don't get a lot of deals in our town that we live in just because it's a newer town. There's not a lot of rundown properties that need us. And so that was really exciting to just drive right down the street and check on our property. It was hassle-free. Yeah. It, <laughs> the rehab went easy. It put it on the market, got three or four offers over list price, sold it for more than we thought, no hiccups in the escrow process. I mean, it was just almost unheard of. It was really nice. What's the best ever way you like to give back? There's a lot of ways that we like to give back, but most recently one we're really excited about, we actually heard of a friend doing this and thought, man, why didn't we ever think of that? We decided to flip a house and give all the proceeds to the school and church that's being built in Belize this year. And we were already kind of going to go on this trip and help build the school. And we were like, why didn't we Why think not of that? Do this? So we're really, really excited about that. That's great. What group are you going with the Belize? It's actually just people that go to our church with us. They have oh, okay. And they do this. I don't know the name countries. of their nonprofit, but yeah, they've done several. They've built orphanages and schools in other countries. And um, they have a really cool model. Yeah. Okay, cool. What's the biggest mistake you two have made in real estate so far? Oh, gosh. The biggest mistake <laughs> I would say that we have made is trusting a contractor too much. We had never lost any money in this business on a deal until we kind of loosened the strings a little bit with a contractor that had become a friend of ours and he got in a sticky situation and we were the ones that kind of suffered on that and it was a bummer. So ever since we keep those contractors on a short leash, they don't get paid for any work beyond what they've done and they don't get paid until someone in our immediate circles, eyeballs have seen the work <laughs> and verified. Do you pay the subcontractors that they bring on or do you pay the general contractor and have him or her pay their subcontractors? A little of both. We have kind of multiple different crews that we work with. So if it's a general, I'll probably just pay the general. But for some of them, we just sub out different people, especially for rental properties. I'll just kind of sub out myself. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Spouselsflippinghouses.com. That's our website. You can get on there. You can contact us through there. Our emails are really simple. Doug at SpousesFlippingHouses.com and Andrea at SpousesFlippingHouses.com. Well, Doug and Andrea, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I know the best ever listeners did as well. Hearing your business model on the wholesaling and fix and flipping, taking those profits, buying long-term buy and holds, primarily with a hard money loan, and then aggregating those properties or a pool of those properties in a commercial portfolio loan on a long-term basis. That's basically the business model and it's really interesting to hear. It's also really fascinating to learn more about your story, your entrepreneurial journey, how you two work together and the challenges as well as the benefits that go along with that. So thank you so much for being on the show. I hope you two have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Joe. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Joe. If you're looking for home business strategies and how to have a successful one, 
then go to adamcoaches.com. That's adamcoaches.com. Adam is a previous best ever guest, episode number 76. He's a police officer. He's also a wholesaler, and he's got a successful home business. Go to adamcoaches.com and check it out.